You are listening to a podcast, not just any podcast, but the 18th podcast of the Something on My Mind program. I am David. And I am Cindy. Hello and welcome to this week's program. You can find us on all of the social media outlets. And if you want to email us directly with a question, find us on somethingonmymind.net. If you'd like to email the show directly, our handle is podcast at somethingonmymind.net. All right, so what's on the docket this week? What is the something that is on our minds? For the financial topic, we cover food cost and food waste. You may not know this, but 40% of all food in the United States is wasted. That means for every $10 that you spend, you're technically giving away four of it. And when you think about it, it is mind-blowing. So we'll cover some ways that you can cut back on the cost and also help out the environment a little bit more. In our coronavirus montage, we do a food edition. The first story is around a limited set edition of Crocs in partnership with Kentucky Fried Chicken. So they are Kentucky Fried Crocs. They have the logos on there and even some drumsticks on top of the shoe. We can guarantee you that when you get a look at these shoes, you've never seen anything close to it. In the second story, we cover Costco in that they are not making sheet cakes anymore to reduce the amount of people who actually sit around the cake and blow the candles out to help out against the coronavirus. And the final story has to do with a birthday cake and a song. And this leads to a trivia question. Can you guess what single song has grossed the highest amount of money in world history? We'll cover what that is and what it has to do with birthday cake. Okay, now it's time for this week's roundtable, and this means we have no script. We just let it rip. Well, I was thinking today, I was just thinking about that show we've been watching, the Indian matchmaking show on Netflix, and uh, I'm just finding this so interesting as we're watching this on, you know, something that I can't comprehend, although we met in one night, a week later, we were literally dating and marrying a year from that, but this whole premise... I mean, I had to tell the two other girls at the same time that I made a commitment <laughs> elsewhere about nine months in. Nine months? You're such an ass. <laughs> you, actually, like, you actually thought for a second. No, I mean, I remember. <laughs> no, but I, re- I do remember this. The next day, you were having coffee with somebody. Well, you told me that later, that I, you still went out for coffee with this girl, which, well, fine, whatever. I had literally just met you, so you had absolutely no ties to me. Other than one year later, we were going to go through our stock portfolios, but... I didn't want to go on the date, but I felt like that would be inconsiderate. Well, that makes you a stand-up guy. But I also wanted to tell you because that means by my way of saying I actually liked you, so I wanted to tell you that. Thank you, honey, by the way. I was just talking to somebody that I know, and and this person tends to date girls at the same time, like multiple. Right. And and I think I could not put that much time into it. It's so much effort between girls, and I'm like, dude, you got to make sure that you don't show them your phone. Oh, I mean, he hasn't put it out there that he's dating more than one person? No, I don't think so, no. The assumption is if you meet somebody online, you have to think that they're also dating other people at the same time. So there's no need to point it out. Wow, what a player. Well, he's not a he's <laughs> not committed to anybody. You can't tell a girl that you just slept with another girl when, oh, hell right, when no. you met her, right? Hell no, you cannot. I think there's just things that you don't say to people when you first meet them. Mm-hmm. So this guy I was saying, right, he's our contractor actually. Right. And so he's dating this girl for the third or fourth time. He says there's like a lot of chemistry going on, hmm. so things are cool. But then he's like, well, she showed me perhaps a chink in the armor. What? Wait, first of all, did he say you could talk about him? He did. Okay. 
Okay, so she reveals that the reason she is divorced is that her husband cheated on her with his boss's girlfriend. Oh, that's very wrong. What a jerk. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. So it sounds like from the... So wait, her husband was cheating on her with... His boss's girlfriend? It's a mouthful to think yeah, about. You okay. got to put that yeah, mental picture right. in there, right? You got to link up the, the chart, okay, if you will. So this girl found her husband's phone, and the boss found his girlfriend's phone, and they made arrangements so that these two could meet. Oh, so they were setting up the husband and the girlfriend? Correct. So she was working with the boss to bust his girlfriend and her husband. Right. So that's oh, not so bad in wow. my opinion. It's Good more for them. Right. It's more, it's pretty. I crap. wonder how they found out though, or like what was the suspicion? I, I have no idea. I'd love to know that story. Well, she revealed that you know she has like this guy friend, and that's how this whole story. That's the boss. Well, yeah, because he he's you know he's like, well, um, all right. So how close are you with this guy? And she says, basically says, did you sleep with her? She's like, well, yeah, I did. It was in the past. So she ended up sleeping then with the, the boss, husband's boss. boss. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's... To further complicate. That's crazy. Yeah, now it's more like the boss guy just checks up on her once in a while. So Matt says, listen, I don't go for that. Like, it's, there's, you know... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, there's... I mean, definitely. So to cut to the chase, he's like, I don't go for that. And I don't yeah. blame him. So he's like, listen, I'm out. No big deal, right? But he likes her. Yeah, but he doesn't want to get into that mess. I mean, I I don't blame him. And then she says, well, you know, I'm going to tell him I'm not going to talk to him anymore. Oh, because she likes him. She likes our contractor. Right. And I said, you know, if she's out there online dating, that means she's not obviously satisfied or happy into a relationship Uh, with him on a level that would keep her from not doing that. Well, if they're not currently seeing each other, then... You know, then she's cutting a tie. That's good. Well, he says they both deleted their online profiles right now. Oh. So they feel like there's nice. a lot of chemistry could go somewhere. So we could be on this podcast next week and we could <laughs> be saying that they, if you right. will, stop dating. Right. So, you know, again, I kind of respect the fact that she told him up front. And mm-hmm. so that's cool. Look, I listened to this morning show. There's all kind of people that make the world go round. So believe me, there's plenty of people that would be okay with that or even want to participate in I that. Yeah, of, I mean, I'm not one of those. I think it's okay to talk about your dating history, but there's a lot of stuff you don't need to tell somebody. Mm-mm. It's not important. It doesn't solve anything. Exactly. It probably causes problems, especially in the beginning. And it just, listen, it's like you got to see what's in front of you, see if you like that person, see totally. if they're trustworthy, see what you're getting is what you're looking for, and don't worry about the past. Yeah, I mean, and that leads me to back to the show that we've been watching, which is a great series on Netflix. It's in the Indian culture, and what? it's arranged marriages. The interesting thing about this is they're showing both men and women that this matchmaker comes in and tries to arrange these marriages and consults with the individuals and the families the crazy thing is is the men sit back and get proposals from the women's family the girl's family just crazy yeah some guys were turning down 50 or no yeah he had like a hundred proposals and he's like "Mm, yeah no she's not no i don't have nothing in common and then the hottest girl comes the hottest girl comes in who (laughs) says nothing she seemed like dumb as a stump and and she's probably not (laughs) no she was very well educated but it seemed like it she just had nothing to say she wasn't having a lot of intellect (laughs) and he's like i mean like hi (laughs) how ironic he brings in this girl with two degrees and she's tall and beautiful and, hmm, okay, well, I guess I'll pick this she one. She said nothing to him. And no. he's like, 
And he's like, now I can't take my mind off of her. And I'm thinking, you probably just want to go nail her. Well, I mean, well, I don't know. He, there's only 25. Uh, but he's... Yeah, I mean, he's Well, he's, he's never had any relations with girls, well, so... Seemingly, I don't know. They don't talk about that, it's but... It's pretty much seemed like that. I've been reading about this, and the divorce rate in India is less than 1%. Basically, 13 of 1,000 married people get divorced. That's amazing. And it's arranged. I mean, so we're watching all of these relationships. And this is current day. So these are progressive young people being raised in America, but still having, you know, they have very traditional culture within their house, but they're looking for the same thing, which is an arranged marriage through this matchmaker. They do this because of societal pressure, right? right? Some of them were dating on their own, right? right? And then eventually they sought the matchmaker. Right. Well, just to match up their culture or whatever part of India they were from, I think, right? So, but I, I, first of all, I love in the very beginning when they show the couples and they show older couples, older uh, married couples for whatever, 20, 30 years. They are so cute. They're but, so oh, cute. No, and they're, they're having fun. Kinda, and That was kind of like Harry Met Sally in Well, the beginning. remember the and one the, she's the, like, I didn't want to marry you, but I, I guess I found you funny. And they had the cutest relationship 35 years later. So the question really is, are you staying married because that's what your society, what your culture tells you? Right. And then you come to our country where half of all marriages end up in divorce within eight years. Right. So no, it's an, I don't, So do they learn to love each other or learn to like each other? Where, I think both. I think, I mean... I guess the interesting thing to me is they're going through n- a number of people before they actually decide, and they're pretty frank up front. Like, yeah, but they're meeting like one time or maybe tw- right. maybe one time separately with each right. other. It's they're very, like pass, pass. Yeah, so the one guy they're like, I think he's hopeless. He's gone through a hundred or whatever, a hundred and fifty girls. Well, that's the one who picked the hot one. <laughs> right. His mom basically said, and his dad, like, you need to marry this girl. You need to be married by like one this year timeline. from. Well, no, six months from now, you need to be married. And one year from now, you have to have a baby. But I I really, I'm totally enjoying the show. I love the people. I love the culture. It's really, it's been great. And you can have that kind of spark once you find it. Because look at us. Here we are. Well, 8.3 years later. Well, we made it past the Mendoza line. <laughs> That's a baseball term for when you bat under 200. <laughs> so basically, we're, doing we're uh, yeah, I think it can only go up from here. So if you're looking for something different to watch, check the show out. It's on Netflix. And with that being said, we will end this week's roundtable, and we will get on to the next subject. Okay, now we're going to get on to our main financial topic of the week. But first, I wanted to run a couple jokes by you. Oh, okay. What did the pecan say to the walnut? What? We're friends because we're both nuts. Next joke. What do you call a fake noodle? Uh, foodle? Impasta. Oh. <laughs> you like that one a little better. Okay. Nope, I don't like any of them so far, but keep going. Keep trying. Okay, children, cover your ears. What did the egg say to the boiling water? Earmuffs. What? It's going to take a while to get me hard. I just got laid by some chick. <laughs> oh, my God. Cut that out. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> I have nothing. I don't know what to say. All right, I have one for you. What do you call an avocado after a priest blesses it? Holy guacamole. <laughs> well, you guys decide. Do you like the benign <laughs> jokes or do you like the more racy wait, jokes? Wait, one more. One more. Just give me one more. What do you say to an avocado who's done a good job? Any guess? 
Bravocado. Okay, again, you guys decide. <laughs> do you like the benign dad type jokes or do you oh, like wait. the more racy jokes? Wait, are you calling my benign dad jokes? They're very corny. The first couple I told weren't great either. All right. Okay, so we're going to get on to our main financial topic of the week, and this has to do with food. And food waste. I would say the number one thing that we agree upon or talk about is how much people spend on food in their budgets. It's by far the easiest thing that you can do to cut back on in all of the items in your budget because there's so much variability in what you can spend and how you eat it. I think I know more than anybody. Why is that? Well, we know how much I wasted before I met you when I finally looked at my budget and realized how much money I was spending on food and how much money we've saved just through this whole COVID time that, I mean, we've actually only gone out to dinner, what, twice? Yeah, and it, it was I mean, out twice, and I think we've carried out maybe three times throughout this whole entire last four months. So that's true. And like you just said with money, the number one thing I always tell people when I sit down with them to do their budgets is to pull out the bank statements, and food by far dominates. Always. And, and anybody will tell you that. Anybody I've spoken to have said the same thing. They've saved so much money throughout this entire last several months. And, I mean, shopping and shopping smart and We've had that conversation too, but depending on where you shop and how you shop makes a huge difference. So you and I were thinking this week, so I went and pulled out a presentation that I gave about a year and a half ago based on food cost. And part of it had to do with saving money and it had to do with your food cost. So the basis of this information came from a Forbes.com article where it compared the cost of eating at home versus having a meal kit delivery or having restaurant food delivered to your home. So let's go over a couple precursors to the information that we're going to present. Number one is that they actually base the grocery cost off shopping at Whole Foods, or some of you may know it as the joke of Whole Paycheck. Secondly, it's about the cost per serving per person in the household when they make this comparison. And lastly, when they compare the food cost, if you have an onion, for example, and you only use half of it to make the meal, they don't consider the other half of that onion into the next meal's analysis. So what Forbes did was take 87 meals that you can make at home, get by a meal kit, or delivered by a restaurant. So what they found was that if your food has been delivered by a DoorDash of the world from a restaurant, it costs five times as much as it takes to make it at home. And for the home meal kit solution, it's a three-to-one differential. To be honest, I know a lot of people that do it. I can't even imagine having a Grubhub or an Uber Eats deliver my food. Yeah, we're not big fans of it. I'm just, well, I'm not. I I love the convenience of it. And believe me, we've gotten it and we've been, you know, we've been out on vacation in Florida or whatever. And like, "Eh, I don't want to go out. I don't want to do anything and have it delivered. So the convenience is amazing, but I'm just too cheap to pay for the cost of that. I think it's more principal with us, right? We think very principally, and we just think it's an enormous amount of money to have food delivery on top of the food you're already paying to be delivered. Right. So in this article, Forbes actually has a grid that shows the cost between each one of those meals of the 87 that we mentioned so that you could compare the prices. For example, chicken tacos for home cooking was $1.14, meal kit $12.38, restaurant $18.94. For sure. And then I like this one, mac and cheese, $1.33, home cooking per serving, meal kit, $12.38, and restaurant, $20.78. But I better have lobster in my mac and cheese if I'm paying $20.78. Nope. How's that possible? It's probably fake anyway. Ugh. Anyway, um, chicken soup, $1.48, meal kit, $13, restaurant, $13.94. So clearly the differences are very large from each other. So right off the bat, it's going to cost you more to pay for a service as opposed to you doing it yourself. 
Or if you pay for something to be prepared, it's going to cost you more. For example, if you're at the grocery store and you buy celery stalks cut up in one of those tubs in water, you're going to pay more for that than as if you just bought the stock yourself. So going into this a little further, Cindy and I did a deeper analysis about actually eating out at the restaurant as well. Right. So the average cost per serving at a restaurant is $20. So a couple eating out with one meal and a $6 drink is $52 plus tax, which is $312 plus 20% tip if you're a normal tipper at $1102, totaling $6614. Remember, one meal, one drink, which is never typically the case. So obviously, this is a very conservative model that we just put in front of you. But Cindy and I, I mean, what happens when we really order out? Well, I can tell you the drinks I order are more than $6, of course, unless I have a beer. But if it's wine or my old-fashioned, I mean, that's anywhere from 10 to $15, depending on the restaurant. Okay, if I get two glasses of wine or margaritas, call it 10 bucks. So let's just call it 10 bucks a pop even. So that's four drinks. That's 40 bucks, And then you get your own meal. It's probably what? Um, anywhere from, you know, 17 to $25. Okay, same for me. And we might split an appetizer. So let's and we're not eating out fancy. Remember, this is just like our average well, cool we restaurant. We, we, I mean, I'm saying we're we, not eating at the high-end, like, Morton Steakhouse every weekend. No, and we'd also... We're eating we, at our local tavern that, I, that we like. Well, we also don't eat out of chain restaurants. But right. Nevertheless, let's just call it, what, 20 bucks a pot for the food? For sure. Okay. Appetizer, 12 bucks. That's 20 and 20 and 12. Do the math. It's 52 bucks. Four drinks, another 40 bucks. $92. Then you're getting taxed in the state of Michigan at 6%. So let's call that $5.40. So let's just say the meal is 100 bucks plus 20% tip. That's $120 to eat out. Well, and we do go out. That's what we like to do on the weekends. But the funny thing is we started really feeling bad about it. Well, we're not getting the quality of the food that we liked on top of it. So you come back and say, am I really getting what I'm paying for? Well, the quality's there because we continue to go back to the same restaurant. What we're not doing is we're not eating it all, and then we're taking it home and typically wasting it the next day. That's what we found. And further to that, you can go buy a bottle of wine for the same price it just cost us for just two glasses. So we mentioned earlier that it was on or about $66 to eat out conservatively. So if you just refrain from eating out twice a month and subtracted the home cooking costs, it comes out to about $102. And if you took that $102 and invested it, what happens? $102.14 per month for 20 years at compounding interest at 5%. You've got $40,528. If you did that per month for 20 years at an average of 8%, that's $56,089. That's crazy. That's, that's retirement money, baby. Yep. And so listen, a lot of this, again, when we do podcasting, we're throwing numbers at you, but it is just showing here on conservative examples that when you pull money back and you watch what you're doing, that you can actually do a lot more with it than you realize. Okay. To segue from this, the food cost is the number one thing that you can manage in your budget due to the variability in cost especially for those that are furloughed or unemployed during COVID. So if you haven't seen a change already, you should take a look at your numbers because right, I can guarantee that you can cut so some costs out of your budget. So we did want to talk about part two into this discussion, and this has to do with food waste. Mm, what's the biggest waste in our house due to me being completely neurotic? Cindy thinking that food is expired 
even if it's been left out on the counter for 10 minutes. Oh my God. I mean, this, I have to say, is probably one of the biggest sources of contention when it comes around food and our household and, well, specifically me and you. Yeah, Cindy had some neuroses from the past when she was a child (laughs) before I was around. Um, You tend to chuck food before it actually has expired, right? When it says the date Mm -hmm. on the side of the container. Yes, yes, I'm famous for that. But we, hey, we've looked into lunch meat. And in all fairness, lunch meat is only a three to five day shelf life in the refrigerator after it's open. Do you know what I'm going to say? I know what you're going to (laughs) say. Okay, so what's the real deal then? Because food doesn't always expire based on the date. No, it doesn't, but here's the rule of thumb. So the best if used by describes quality where the product may not taste or perform as expected, but is still safe to consume. The use by date applies to the few products that are highly perishable and or have food safety concerns over time. So I would say I definitely need to memorize this, but it's going to take me some hard time to undo my thinking. You know, the one time that Cindy actually didn't pay attention to a date on the package about three <laughs> right. years ago, she got food poisoning. No, I re- yeah, I remember because I was like, it's fine. And you're constantly going, you can't eat that. You're going to get sick. And it was that broccoli. It was in that uh, plastic Mm, container. It was that broccoli salad, which I love, and I still love to this day, but it has mayonnaise in it. And you know I'm such a proponent against eating anything that has mayonnaise in it that sits for too long. Okay, so because of my neuroses on food labels and food expiration, I am in part a contributor to this really horrifying stat, and that is that 80 billion pounds of food is thrown away each year in the U.S. It also accounts for 25% of all global greenhouse gas emissions and 40% of all food is wasted. We've mentioned this actually in another podcast. If you think about this in terms of math and you said for anything in the world that you buy or lease or rent or whatever, that for every $100 that you spend on it, you only get 60% of that value. It's like paying a 40% tax, which is higher than the highest tax bracket in our tax code. It is crazy. And so this is from Food Waste America. Just how much food do Americans waste? In the United States, we are the global leader in food waste, with Americans discarding nearly 40 million tons of food every year. 80 billion pounds, 40 million tons. And think about this, it is the single largest contributor to our landfills. And the sad thing is that food is biodegradable. Right, I mean, and it equates to more than $161 billion, around 219 pounds of waste per person. Yeah, if you think about it, it's pretty crazy. We've seen those that uh, have a tendency just to throw food away right after they make it, and you just see it go into the trash, and you're like, ugh, right? And there are those, too, who say, listen, I don't eat leftovers. So if you think about it, in truth, no one is going to be able to consume 100% of all the food that they buy. However, if you work at it, we can definitely improve. Okay, and let's do this because we love to talk about money and savings. Let's talk about the fact that the average American family of four throws out about $1,600 a year in produce alone. And thinking about that, just multiply that by the typical 18 years that a child lives at home, and you could easily pay for a year's worth of tuition at any number of America's private colleges or universities, according to this foodwasteamerica.com. You know what? As much as you and I talk about practicality in our lives, I can almost guarantee you that starting tomorrow, 
I'll probably start trying to do even more just because of what we're talking about. Well, what did we say the other day? We're going to start a compost bin, so why not? Why not do something that can absolutely contribute to the betterment of the environment? All right, so with that being said, I think it's time that we do the recap. Number one, the biggest impact that you can make on reducing your budget is the cost for your food. 40% of all food is wasted, so again, as we said earlier, you're giving away, in a sense, a 40% tax on all the food that you buy and don't consume. Number two, it is five times as much money to have restaurant delivery to your house as opposed to making the food yourself at home. And if you use a meal kit service, it's about a three-to-one differential. Number three, we gave a very conservative example of eating out with one drink and two people that with tax and tip, it would come out to $66. If you cut that back by just twice a month over the course of 20 years at 5% interest, you could have over $40,000 in the bank. And at 8% interest, you'd have over $56,000. So it shows you the value of actually cutting back very simply to gain a lot of money down the road. Number four, first, Don't be like me and misinterpret expiration labels on food that's perfectly good to eat. Also, learn how to compost, keep food scraps out of landfills, and the amount of green gases from rising. We also think you should share the wealth, donate food to food pantries, or deliver leftovers to people who actually may need it. What we do best? Plan meals and make deliberate grocery store shopping lists. You will save food and money, and this one's a biggie. Freeze food that can't be eaten immediately but could be consumed at a later date. Plus, you want to take food that is left over like the chopped method. So if you have a half an onion left over with some other ingredients, repurpose that food or food that was already made and turn it into a new meal. Absolutely. Those are great in omelets. I'm famous for that one. Well, they don't have flux capacitors out there right now to throw bananas in there. So in the meantime, we're just going to have to use as much food as we can and compost it. You are dating yourself, by the way. Yep. Back to the future. (laughs) Okay, so that's going to do it for our financial topics of the week. We hope that was great food for thought and that you make some good changes in your life to help yourself out, but also help out the environment. All right, now it's time for this week's coronavirus montage. The food edition. Yes, the food edition. As you know, these are a set of stories not often found in the mainstream media, and this week it's all about food. All right, so I was thinking about shoes. You know, sometimes after using your shoes for a while, they smell Right, and you're like, oh, I gotta chuck these. I'm like, throw them in the washer, and you're like, when you throw shoes in the washer, they never seem to come out the same. Right. So in some cases, though, it's okay that shoes are intended to smell like something else. Right. Well, and I I found something that I'm gonna buy you for uh, your birthday next year, and I'm gonna put it on your bucket list. Can you even imagine what that is? Yeah, I've seen. I'm looking at over here on the screen, and when you say bucket list, it's on top of a bucket, so that's kind of uh, a pun. Yes, I am going to get you Kentucky Fried Crocs. You know what this is? Crocs. <laughs> I can hardly say this without laughing. With a Kentucky Fried Chicken print on them. And the best part of this that you're going to love for your birthday present is that each pair of co-branded footwear comes with two gibbets charms. <laughs> it's a gibbet. Made to resemble and smell like fried chicken. I was thinking giblets. <laughs> no. That's what it is. It's no. giblets. No. You're missing the Z. It's a gibbets. J-I-B-B-I-T-S. Okay, either way. But here, this is the best. This is the best. <laughs> they actually have to put this disclaimer, not for human consumption. Well, because on top of the clogs, there's actually these gibbets. They're too, like, they look like little they're drumsticks tr- that are fried, and they're and actually they attached like to the chicken, top, but I'm top sorry, part of the shoe. Who is going to actually think that this is something 
made for human consumption. Like this is one of those things in life that I cannot believe from a common sense or logic standpoint that you would actually have to state not for human consumption. But I digress. I don't know. Well, they sold out in minutes. It was a limited run, and Why? people were flocking to get them because it's a novelty item probably. And now they're already being flipped on eBay as opposed to a retail price of 160 and they were going as much as like 420 as of yesterday. Well, I baked into my budget. Gibbets Crocs for you for I your birthday. I didn't even know that they still had Crocs. Uh, oh, they're, I, there's a Croc store. They do. I they mean, actually they, do. They almost, and went out, they almost went out of business. I know, but they're kind of comfortable. I think they're rebranding them. So there you go. Happy birthday, baby. Okay, so here's our next story, and this has to do with Costco. And we know that there's been limitations with things, especially such as toilet paper. But what they've done is something quite interesting in terms of actually social responsibility is they are now no longer selling the $20 half sheet cakes in their stores. And people are not happy about it. I'm not happy about it. So instead, what they're doing is saying you can go buy the 10 inch round cakes instead is that when people have parties that are large, they have the sheet cakes, right, which come in handy. But they're like, listen, we want to be socially responsible. And so if we give you a round cake... The assumption is, well, maybe there's going to be less, less people or less people around the cake when they're singing happy birthday <laughs> or eating it. Something like that. I mean, I, I get the concept of it and I think that's pretty cool. But I think I think a sheet cake versus a round cake isn't going to prohibit people from congregating around cake. However, Walmart and others are still selling the cakes. So if you have to venture out other than getting that typical cake you like at Costco, then that's what you're going to have to do. Well, and I think that's just being socially aware that they're not advocating for big crowds at this point. So they're doing what they have to do. It's not going to keep people from having big crowds, whether they have a sheet cake or not. They'll just have two round cakes. You know that there's that all-American cake at Costco. Oh, man. It's, that chocolate one. It's like chocolate and chocolate and chocolate. And chocolate and, they and have, chocolatey goodness. Well, it's all goodness. Ugh. And they have those, uh, like, shavings on the outside yeah. of the cake oh everywhere. Oh, my God, stop. I, we, want a, I want a piece now. <laughs> I haven't eaten one of those in years, but um, when the kids are all having birthdays and the cousins over the years, it was always like, got to get the all-American cake. Uh, is Costco still open right now? <laughs> okay, here's a quick trivia question for you. Oh, good. I like trivia. Do you know what song has had the highest sales in history in the world? Single song, the highest sales? Do you know which single release has been the highest grossing song in the world in history? I can only think that it's got to be from the Queen Beyonce. Nope, not from the Lemon album. And don't even ask me why I even know that What's she the has lemon? an album. Oh. I, I don't even know why I know she had an album like that. So mm, you're under suspicion for that. However, no, I don't. If it's nothing to do with Beyonce or the Beatles or the Rolling Stones laying on me. All right. So speaking of birthday cakes and our food edition, does that give you a clue? Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Sweet. The highest grossing song of wow, all Wow, that's time. crazy. But yes, that makes sense. It also says here that the second most well-known song, not in terms of dollars, just well-known, mm-hmm. is He's the Jolly Good Fella. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, I mean, I know that we at the office don't even want to sing birthday songs anymore when we have cake and birthdays. It's like, please don't sing to me. Please do not sing to me. So, or everybody sings in the worst imaginable tone. Kind of like office space. Remember? I remember uh, working at Bennigan's. It's a restaurant. And I was, I don't know. 18 or whatever, and they had those songs. They had to go around the table, and Ew. they're going, happy, happy birthday, happy, whatever. And I'm like, I would die. There's no freaking way uh, that I was going to sing this song. 
but I got caught a couple times, and then they pull you in, and you have to do it, and I hated it. So after that, I would go hang out with the chefs, pretending like I was getting orders, just so I could avoid the whole thing altogether. I just refused to do it. Oh, and I would go nowhere that had any, or I would never go to any place that had a group of people that worked at a restaurant singing to you. No, I don't want to go to any restaurant like that. Oh, I hated it. Okay, some quick history here. The song was actually called Good Morning to All, which was written by Patty and Mildred J. Hill. And they wrote it in 1893, and they would actually sing it every morning when the kids came into class. However, someone had a birthday, and they substituted the words out. Hence, the song became to what it is today. Oh, no kidding. So this was all well and good. The sisters were cool with this, but then they realized so many people were using the song, and they wanted to profit from it. So in 1935, they partnered with a summy company to have it copyrighted and published. And this way, that would give them rights to this copyright until 1991. Later that decade, the Summy Company named it to Birch Tree Limited, and then decades later, media giant Warner Music bought it. That was for $25 million. So the Warner Brothers Company said, listen, we have this song now, and we can have it under copyright until 2030. That way they could reap all these benefits, meaning that anytime anybody used the song, they would have to get royalties for that. So to shorten this up, basically after a while, attorneys and filmmakers decided to say, we're going to put an opposition against this. And so a judge in 2015 said the song is now no longer under copyright. I have a question. How can you copyright Happy Birthday? Well, think about it. So that means everybody has to pay to use that song publicly. Think about TV. Think about movies. How many times have you seen Happy Birthday being sang? That's what I'm saying. They would be gazillionaires at this point. That's why it was never in the movies or those mediums. Oh. Got it. No one ever thinks about that, oh, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Are you sure? If it was, they paid a royalty or they did it illegally. But for the most part, that's not really what was in movies for a long time. So it says here that the song has made in its history $50 million. That's crazy. Right. So highest grossing song of all time. It's ubiquitous, so it's around the world. And two sisters who came up with a simple limerick made a ton of money over time. And in a very unassuming way, had a huge impact on humanity. So did Miss Marilyn Monroe have to pay when she sang President Kennedy her little happy birthday song? Well, he probably got the lick off the frosting. David, you can't say that. This isn't a family show. Well, that's a good story. But for you, I guess we're going to not sing it anymore because I'm not paying royalties. I'm just going to get you the bucket o' chicken, Kentucky fried chicken crocs, and a sheet cake. All right, ready? Happy birthday. Oh, wait. We can do that because that is royalty free. All right. So that's going to do it for this week's coronavirus montage. The food edition. And as always, we appreciate your listenership. You can find us on all the social media platforms or go to the website, somethingonmymind.net and submit a question to the show or email us directly using podcast at somethingonmymind.net. So until then, until next week, I am David. And I am Cindy. 